Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. So Lord, we pray for this time. And I ask more than anything that your presence would be in this. I don't want to stand up here and just speak a bunch of words. Lord, we ask that um, your power would be available to, um, to transform us in what we're going to speak and participate with you in here. We ask that you would make us a people of your rest so that, you are, so that we are more powerful carriers of who you are. And I ask you right here at the beginning, Lord, that you would uh, that you would make us into a people that are unwilling to settle in the warfare. That we would be a people that you would say they were diligent to enter my rest. You have to do that, and we're asking you for that, for that work in us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So who gets rest? Free people get rest. And at a really high price, we're free people, right? This table, we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper today. This is the most expensive table in the universe. The price for that table, there's nothing more costly than that table. And it's completely free to us so that we can enter rest, right? And uh, let's do one more pop quiz just to see how we're doing. I think, what is this? This is number, I don't think I changed, I think this is number six in the rest series. And I never know how many, I just, I just go until, until I run out and the Lord says, let's do something else. Um, why does God bring us through crossings, deserts, hardships, hard river crossings in our life? Why does he do that? to bring us to deeper rest, right? There's a promise um, that when we go through crossings, crossings that he has authored, crossings that, don't, that do not surprise him, he does it on purpose because he's bringing us to a deeper rest, right? Um, well, just, I have so many good things and I'm so excited. I'm not gonna get too caught into the review like I do. Um, at least I don't think so. Um, But I'm going to start with Psalm 115 and verse 16, and I'm going to let that lead us into just where we left off last week, not a complete review. Who remembers where we kind of left off? Anybody? Talking about our original Genesis commission, right? Okay, but before we do that, I want to show you, if you're anything like me, this verse is mind-blowing. It blows my mind. Verse verse 16, the heaven is... Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Now think, I recommend meditating on this. Like if you've got 10 minutes, give it that, but you could meditate on this for hours and let it blow your mind. The honor in this. Look at what this says. First of all, the heaven, and then it says even the heavens. Isn't that odd? Now I want to tell you what that's about, Okay. The heaven, there, there is the realm where he is, where the Godhead, the Trinity, the Trinity is, and in that realm is the heaven, okay? And you will read passages where Paul talks about, um, some of you will be familiar with this, he talks about, I was caught up to the seventh heaven, okay? So there are levels of the spiritual realm 
okay? There are levels to that, and, and we don't have a great handle on that. In fact, I'm going to tell you that you can study this Word of God, and you're not going to find a great manual for what that's all about these levels of the spiritual realities, these levels of the heavens. We just know there are mentions throughout. We know that it exists. And why does it not give us a great manual or an understanding? There you, it's not required for our salvation, and it's right here in the verse. Um, these are the Lord's. Do you got it? If you needed to know, if you needed to have all that explanation, then he would have been faithful to provide that. <laughs> but for our purposes, just notice this first part is saying that the heavens, the spiritual realms are the Lord's. In other words, what does that mean if, if it's his? It means that it's an authority sentence. It's a statement, okay? In other words, he, he owns that. He has it. His authority is what reigns there and it's what controls its operation. Am I doing Okay. So far? Okay, but now look, here's the mind-blowing part. We, I think we know that already. But look, the next part says, but the earth he's given to the children of men. Now just dwell on that for a minute. We're about to move back into just very quickly so I don't get stuck, but we're going to look at the original commission of man in just a minute. But notice here, here is a truth in the word of God that says it, it is his pleasure. It is his will that the realm of the earth he's given to man. Isn't that crazy? And that's the same thing we're just about to read in a minute where y'all are familiar that he's given dominion to man. In other words, what? He's given that if his will is going to be done here, how's he going to do it? He's going to do it through a chosen people, that's you, that he delights in, double you. <laughs> you got it? He's going to, his will is going to be done. He has chosen to do that, to make his will done through you. The earth he's given to man. You can find many other places where you'll find out that his will being, that's why Jesus had to become a man. It's really not that mysterious. He had given dominion to man and the earth and so therefore, if there was gonna be someone who was gonna set right what had been undone in the fall, it had to be a man. Why? He gave dominion to man. And you in the image, actually, let's start reading. Now go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And it's the exact same scripture we read last week. I'm going to do like a blast through. Okay, so if you want more on what I'm saying now, it's out on podcast. It's out on podcast, right? Okay, <laughs> it's out on podcast and go check. I, I really spent a lot of time here. I'm not going to do that this morning, but we have to start here. Okay. Here it says, then God said, and we are talking about rest, in case you're scratching your head going, are we still talking about rest? We are, just track with me. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man, let us, okay? The Trinity is, is talking together in their oneness, in their intimacy, and it says, let us make man in our image. Remember I said image is a word that means representation. So in other words, let's, let's make a creature who represents us like in image. It, wh why would that be necessary? Because his big plan is, is that dominion is going to be yours in the earth. How could you possibly do that if you weren't in God's image? Are you tracking? If you were going to represent the courts of heaven and the will that comes from there, you'd have to be in the image. 
according to our likeness. And remember, that's a different word. Likeness means concretely or, or literally exactly the same. Oh, my wife is a counselor, and I don't know why this is popping in my head, but I'm going to share it. She said it's really different. You watch little boys and little girls, like in the, in, you know, in observation, kind of like in the clinical world, and two little boys are always trying to, to overdo each other. You know, I've got something... I've, I've got a toy this big, and the other little boy says, well, yeah, well, I've got one this big. And, then the, and what little girls do is they say, um, the little girl says, I've got this, and she goes, I've got one too. And the little girls go, we're exactly the same. <laughs> the, the difference between the genders, the girls just want to be exactly the same. Guys want to do better and be bigger, right? I don't know why I brought that up. This is... Silly, but in this case, it's the word likeness means basically. I mean, if you just translate literally, it's like exactly the same. <laughs> I hope you feel honored and loved. I mean, he made you exactly the same. Why? You'd have to be if you were going to represent him. Okay. Um, let me keep reading. In fact, just um, for time's sake, go to 27, since we did this last week, and it goes on. So God created man in his own image. God created man in his representation, to be a representative here. In the image, we could say, in the representation of God, he created him. Mind-blowing. He goes on and says, male and female, he created them. So in other words, in the com they were a trinity, right? Let us make them like us. And here, in this passage, it says male and female. So in that joining, in the body of Christ, male and female, we become most like him. You tracking? Okay, now here's where we're leading, though. 28 says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, and there's four mandates here, and we're starting here on purpose again. First, be fruitful. Um, it, it, Usually this is thought of as, you know, procreation or having children. And, and that's fine. If, I'm sure that that's in these mandates somewhere. But I'm going to tell you, there's four different things here. This is be fruitful. In other words, you were made to do fruitful things, to do kingdom things. Do you know that? Original to your commission, you're made to be fruitful. Next is and multiply. Remember the word um, multiply literally translates as increase. In other words, you are, you were made in the image of God and part of what that means is you were made to increase things. First of all, things within yourself, right? Territories of the heart that are surrendered to God. But I'm talking about he gave the earth to man. So in other words, what are we talking about? If things are going to be accomplished, accomplished, things are going to be increased, it's going to be you fulfilling, it's going to be us fulfilling the commission to be an increaser. Why? Because we're in his image. He's an increaser. And fill the earth. Sorry, I have a tickle. <laughs> and fill the earth. Now again, this is one where you could say, um, this is about procreation, but I want to tell you it's deeper. It's always de a physical picture of your spiritual reality, right? So filling the earth, imagine like a water pitcher. How is the presence of God going to fill this earth? By us filling the earth. You got it? Yes, having children is part of that. Raising children. The next generation is going to have a power of God that, that is going to blow away this generation. 
We just know that this is true. They're going to be able to believe things that we struggle to believe. They're going to manifest the kingdom in ways we've not seen yet. And then the last one, well, sort of the last one, um, goes on and says, subdue it. Now remember, that's, that's the strangest word perhaps. So, and we're going to see that later in other scriptures. So listen to this one. Subdue it is, is really two-part, okay? The first part of subdue is accomplish. You, do you know that you were made to be an accomplisher? It's, it's God's good plan because he delights in you that much, not because he needs anything, because he's so crazy about you. He purposely created you to be an accomplisher of great kingdom things. Are you tracking? But in the same word, we don't really have a word like this in our language, but in the same word is confirm. So accomplish and confirm are locked together. Confirm what? We're made in his image, likeness, exact sameness with this, con- with this commission that we're talking about. So what do we confirm? We confirm him. That's a, that is a calling. Do you know that? I know we all have unique individual callings. There, nobody in the universe has a calling like yours. But every one of us shares this part of the calling. We are to confirm who he is in this place. That's our privilege. By accomplishing, being fruitful, increasing things. And, and I know I'm moving fast, but the last one we talked about last week was have dominion, right? And this word dominion is literally means reign. So in other words, he's bringing us to a place of reigning with him. And this is where we tie back to rest. And I'm going to show you that um, as we move on into this this morning. Um, you're going to notice that we're using a lot of the same same scriptures. Has anybody noticed that I'm using the same scriptures for like four weeks in a row? <laughs> I'm getting some big nods. Good. I'm glad you're noticing. And if that was not my plan. It's just kind of happening. I'm just noticing every week I return back to them and God takes it deeper and he shows me more, more in the, in the same words. And this morning's so good, it's crazy. Um, I'm just going to bring to your mind, we're not going to go back and read Hebrews 3, but remember, kind of what we're talking about at this point in the series is being diligent to enter the rest. In other words, you have an active role. And what I want you to gather is, is literally, you know, in that chapter, it talks about um, they, they failed to enter the rest because of their disobedience, because of their lack of faith. And by giving that reason, you see, God doesn't take the credit for their failure to enter the rest. Little, <laughs> little spanking here. I'm just saying the word be diligent is an active command and their failure to do it, he doesn't take that on himself. He says they failed to do it. <laughs> That's something to get a handle on. I got to tell you, this is the most challenging series for me personally that I've ever taught from because I'm in continuous conviction <laughs> as I do it. There's a command here, and it is my, in other words, it is my responsibility to enter. Are you tracking? Is anybody, anybody convicted right now, even as I say this? Nobody. One, two. Okay, there's three people that are convicted with me. Good. As long as I'm not completely alone, I'll keep going. Okay. Now it gets good. Go to um, 1 Chronicles 23, verse 25. 
And hopefully I'm going to slow down a little. I had to plow through that part because I know I'm supposed to get through this part. Here we're in the time in David's day. Okay, and we're reading from David. And it says, um, for David said, the Lord God of Israel has given rest to his people that they may dwell in Jerusalem forever. It seems like a simple statement, right? But slow down with me for a minute. Just look at what that's saying. First of all, it's saying, the Lord God has given Israel, so his chosen people. Who else is his chosen people? You are right. You're grafted in. That's your participation in all of this. His chosen people, he's given rest to those people. And why? That they may dwell in Jerusalem forever. Now listen, this word dwell, it's kind of like the word abide in the New Testament. Okay, so here's where we've got to get a handle. He chose Jerusalem as the place for his rest. Are you tracking? He chose the place. This isn't, um, uh, I'm taking you with me. You can be wherever you, wherever you want. And this becomes critical in a little bit. It's not you can be wherever you want. It's he chose the place where there's rest. And his whole purpose for giving rest is that they may dwell or abide in the place of his choice. Good so far? Okay, verse 26, and also to the Levites. Now listen, who were the Levites? I know you all know. They were the family that were the priests. In other words, what? They were specifically charged with the care of, the, the carrying of, or the ministry of the glory of the Lord. Now that, that can be like f fancy. Let's just make it really clear. In the physical, you know, the Old Testament, we say this all the time, is a physical picture of your spiritual reality. So, the Levites were those who were charged with the available presence, the actual glory of God for what? For the commission. To be fruitful, to accomplish, to increase in the earth, to subdue, to have that reigning in dominion. They were the carriers of the glory. So, now that you've heard me say that, who, in the picture, in the physical picture of your spiritual reality, who... Who should consider themselves a Levite? <laughs> yeah, you got it. The priesthood of all believers, right? Then they had specific, because it was a picture, there are parts of you that are the carrying of the glory of God. You, got it. you have to look at Israel as one man. So as I finish this sentence, I want you to understand it is talking about you in this physical picture, okay? Does that work? Okay. So it says, um, it says, and to the Levites, now listen, they shall no longer carry the tabernacle or any of, it, of the articles for its service. Did you catch that? So what did we just read? It's saying that God brings them, you really have to track today, God brings them into a rest. Why? So they can dwell in the place of his choosing. Why? So that, so that the carriers of the glory, you, the temple of the, the carriers of the temple of the Holy Spirit no longer have to carry that weight, carry that um, the the labor of carrying the glory of God and its articles. Now, if you're scratching your head about certain things, I promise we're going to get clear. I'm going to make it clear. Okay, I just want you to notice that in order to stop carrying, in order to, to stop laboring, it is a place of rest where God does that. 
Okay, so far? In other words, look, now let's get this straight. We've been talking about crossings, the hard things God makes us go through, crossing the desert, crossing the Red Sea, crossing the Jordan, all these places where crossing brings us to deeper rest. Now, um, here's the thing. Is it that God's presence is not in those places? No, that, that would be stupid. Don't, don't think that. That would be stupid. The, he's the author of the crossings, right? So his presence is absolutely there. And it is in those crossings where we, we know him in a different way. So the deeper rest is the deeper knowing of him that we have on the other side right? We've been saying this, but now what's this scripture saying? This is saying he does have a plan to bring us to a place where we actually do enter into that rest, which means what? His, they had his presence with them in the crossings, okay? But they had to carry it through deserts, through wars, we, we, we move and we set it up here and we carry it and we move and we set up here. But now listen to me. It is the heart of God and I'm going to show you the pattern. I always tell you, but get a pattern f- from it and then you know you're seeing God. I'm going to show you with many scriptures, I hope. But um, they were carrying it through the hardship, through the trial, through the desert. But it is the heart of God that we come into a place where the presence just sets up in a permanence, in an abiding, so that the authority of his name is released. What else have we been saying? We've been saying that he says specifically in many, many scriptures, he says, when you've entered this rest and you have, you have peace from your enemies all around, then I will have a place to put my name. Are you tracking? The heart of God for you in your life is that you enter places of rest now, now listen to me, it gets complicated. In that, you already have places of rest in your life like I'm describing. You are also in other areas of the territory of your heart and what he's showing you about himself, you're also in crossings in other places in your life, right? You're, he's doing various things. He's made us, we're in his image, so we're very complex creatures, Okay, so if you're kind of going, ooh, where am I, and you're having trouble, I think that that's probably why, okay? You're, in, you're both in crossings. You're also in places of very deep rest. I know that because I've seen the ministry coming out of you guys. I see the Holy Spirit operating in ways where I go, wow, that's a place of deep rest. I just saw the power of God move right there. Are you tracking? Okay. This goes on, and I'm just going to finish um, two more verses so you have this in context, and then we're going to move on to great stuff. Verse 27, For by the last words of David, the Levites were numbered from 20 years old and above because their duty was to help the sons of Aaron in the service of the house of the Lord, in the courts and in the chambers, in the purifying of all holy things and the work of service of the house of God. I just want to show you it's important to touch before I move somewhere else that this is all for the establishment of the temple of God. Now, in order to make that physical picture into a reality that you have a hold of, you've got to remember what? You know what I'm going to say. What's the temple of God? Okay, all right. Now watch where the word of God is going to lead us here. Um, yeah, let's do that and we'll, we'll come back to this. Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7 
We're just going to read a couple of verses here starting in chapter 7. And what I'm going to do here, I'm going to do the same thing I think I did last week. I'm going to jump through some things. But what I want you to notice is the pattern. You're going to see the same thing again and again and again, and each time it's going to give you a deeper understanding. Okay? And if you're anything like me, this is life-changing. If we can begin to think according to this, to God's reality here, it's, it's life-changing. And so let me just read this. It's gonna, again, it's going to look like a statement that isn't really saying much. But we'll see when we look at it that there's gold here. It starts by saying, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house and the Lord had, giving, had given him rest from his enemies all around that the king said to Nathan, Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Okay, now listen. Notice that these words that you were hearing last week, and it's okay, you're not, you're not missing in the sense if you're, if you're new here this morning, um, we're going to have this make sense. But just notice it's saying, given rest from enemies all around. Before I even move on, just notice that it is the heart of God that you get dominance over your enemies all around. It was not God's fault or his idea that a whole generation passed away in the wilderness. In fact, in, in Hebrews chapter 3, it points out specifically that he holds them accountable for that result. That's the first thing. So the positive side of that, let's, let's just get this straight. He loves in such a way that it is his heart for you to get dominance over your enemies all around. He does mean for you to have that place of rest. I don't care what we're talking about in your life, whether, you know, and let's do this. There's both external things and internal things. So let's do that. We could be talking about um, finances or troubles at work or things like things that represent and I'm going to define this for you in a bit but things that represent struggle or enemies that he wants you to have rest from situations out here does he want you to gain victory over these various areas of your life yes yes he does and I'm going to show you why he does besides the fact that he's just so totally delighted in you and he wants you to have the delight that he has. Besides that, there are powerful reasons why. But we also have to understand that, um, and that, in fact, let me go back to this. We also have to understand that there, we're talking about internal victory that he means for you to have. Okay, what are we talking about? Knowing him. We're talking about wrong attitudes, um, Sin, that's a real thing. <laughs> Wounds, places where you've been battered and wounded so that you're not at rest. He does mean for you to have victory and wholeness. Are you tracking? It always comes down to knowing him, doesn't it? Always comes down to knowing him. Knowing him, so let's just do this quickly. A few examples, okay, in the crossing. Knowing him how. They're crossing the desert and they have to know him as provider, right? It starts out they need manna. He provides it. They need water. He provides it. He even provides their wants, which they're gluttonous with and throw up all over themselves. You know, they want meat and he gives them quail, right? But what do they learn? They do learn that he's provider. 
in that or knowing him as, how about giver of significance? You can think of places in the crossing of that wilderness where they begin to um, kind of be bad to their leaders, their spiritual leaders. They begin to think, um, well, how come that's not me or I should be doing that? And they begin greatly sinning. But what's the real cause for that? It's a stretching out for self. I'm significant too. You see, they had to learn. Do do you know that um, no person in the universe has the significance that you have? (laughs) Nobody can have your significance and you don't need anybody else's. Why? He delights in you that much. And whenever you start to think somebody has more significance or I need the kind of significance they have, we begin to stray from the plan of God in our life. Well, what is that? That's knowing him as the giver of significance. Or knowing him as faithful, right? Why, why did they keep saying, why don't you just, just take us back to Egypt? It was better there. I was better as a slave. <laughs> right? Why do they do that? It's... It's knowing him as someone who actually fulfills the promises. Do you know they would never say that if they had any faith really that he was was going to do what he was saying he was going to do. He was going to bring them into a place of promise and rest. They doubted that. That's the only reason you'd want to go back, right? Unless, Unless you didn't believe that this crossing that I'm in, this desert, this river, whatever hardship, this crossing that I'm in has an end because my God is faithful. Unless you believe that, then you just want to go back because we were never made to dwell in the crossing. (laughs) I'll just keep saying that. You weren't made for the desert. You're a a son or a daughter of, of the royal family. You weren't, you weren't made for deserts and battles and hardships. You're made to go through them, but you're not made to hang out there. You're royalty. Okay. All right, now I'm going to go back. I'm going to keep reading this. Um, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Okay, actually we read it, so let's do this. Let me reread verse 2. It says, um, he gave rest from enemies all around, right? And then verse 2, that the king said to Nathan the prophet. So rest all around is what begins to bring out of him wanting to talk with the prophets. Just notice that. And what does he want to say? He says, he's noticing something from this place of rest. I dwell in a house. God has brought us into a rest, but his glory still has no no permanent resting place. I hope you're seeing it. What I want you to notice before I move on, though, is it is the place of rest that begins to make us think in this way. Do you know that when you're in utter and complete survival mode, you really can do no great things? (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. As in, I'm not saying, I mean, God made us, made us amazing and his presence is so with us that we do great things even in survival mode. I'm just saying the true, the true destiny, your true identity that God made in you is released in creativity from a place of rest. And I'm going to prove it before I'm done. It's, it's, so, um, it's so uncanny, the pattern in the word of God, that truth, that it is the place of rest that releases 
the things we read about that releases your commission of fruitfulness, of increasing, of creativity, of subduing things, of showing his presence and power in this place. These are things that without fail, they are always released in the place of rest in the word of God. And therefore, the truth is in your life, right? Creative thinking, fruitful thinking begins in, the, in a place that is founded or established on the rest of God. <laughs> Amen. I see you. Go to 1 Kings um, chapter 5, and I'll keep showing you this. <clears throat> chapter 5, we'll start in verse 2. This is um, Solomon now, David's son. And it says, Then Solomon sent to Haram, saying, You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God. Now let's find out why. Because of the wars which were fought against him on every side. Until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. Now just start noticing the pattern. You, you can go over and over and over in the word of God. Why could he not build a house? Because there was a war. It was not a place of rest. Now, were they in a deeper rest once they crossed the Jordan? Yeah, yeah, they were. And they did, they did some great things for the establishment of the kingdom according to the word of God, okay? But they had not yet made an abiding place for the glory of God, for the Ark of the Covenant, which is just a picture a physical picture of God's abiding presence for the real destinies to be released among that chosen people he delighted in. Let me keep, no, actually, let me do this. Okay, what do you got? Do you know that you, we can get, um, what do you want to say, Lord? We can be in battle so long or have the same thing striking at us so long that we get used to it. <laughs> Anybody? I hear, I hear people, are, people are relating. Okay? Yeah? <laughs> I know. And I just want to tell you that's not God's will. You're not supposed to get used to it. He's not a God of the desert. He's a God who authors the desert crossing because he's a God of promise that's bringing you to a place of rest so your true destinies are released. The word of God is not a we're a people that just, well, we're just going to continue to suffer and that's the will of God. It's, he, he's a crossing God. He is a God that is promising ever deeper rest at the other side of this crossing. Now, let me tell you something. I bet if I asked around this room, do you trust God? Do you have a faith in God? Everybody would say, yes, I do. Of course I do. And you'd be telling the truth. You trust him with something. I just, I feel like, um, what do you want me to ask, Lord? I feel like we can have different kinds of faith, okay? Now track with me. Now look, it is one kind of faith to say, I trust that the Lord can give me what I need or be with me in such a way that I can survive in this battle. You tracking? That's one kind of faith. It's another kind of faith that says, I know a God who is bringing me 
to a great place of promise and rest. In fact, I have such, such a, a hunger, such a real expectation in my God that that day is today. I think it's today or it's this week. I am always on the edge of my seat that this battle, you have tried to steal my, my true identity. You've tried to steal the good gifts, the good destinies God has written for me. And I have such an expectation in God that every, every day when I wake up, I say, whatever this is that is hindering what God's trying to do in me, as the one he delights in, as the chosen one, whatever is hindering, this is the day it stops. Because my God is not someone who wants me to be in the desert so long I can't get the sand out of my toes. It's not what the, that was their fault. He holds them accountable for their lack of faith and disobedience that makes them perish in the wilderness. He never delighted in the fact that they perished in the wilderness. Are you hearing me? He was always a God that was desperately saying, saying, come on, my children. I, I want to cross the river into this place of rest. Why? This place that we're crossing into is the place where he says, then I'll put my name there. Then you'll build me a house, a sanctuary, where my presence is not something you have to carry around through the battle, through the struggle, all the time. He, he means to bring us into a place where his presence just abides in a place of rest. And that releases the creativity of the kingdom. Okay, I was reading somewhere. So 1 Kings chapter 5, um, verse 3. Oh, I didn't get any further than, um, then Solomon sent to Haram saying. <laughs> See, you didn't know there was that much contained in that little line there, did you? <laughs> All right, verse 3. This is what, this is what he's saying. You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God. Oh, I read this. Because of the wars which were fought against him on every side until the Lord put the foes under his feet. Now, verse 4. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. Just say this with me. He wants me to have that. He does. <laughs> I didn't say, I don't know how long you're going to have to keep going through the crossing in this battle or that battle or this battle in your life. But for, for one thing, I will tell you what the word of God promises is that eventually you are going to have that completely 100%. But even in the journey of our life of growing into intimacy with him and the, and the beautiful destinies and plans that he has for you, he means for you to come into seasons where you have that in this area of my life, in this area, and in this area. Now I'm going to show you, I'm going to continue, i got to get to the why, because that's really the good part. Um, goes on verse 5, and here it is. Now we're starting to talk about it. Here's the why. And behold, I propose to build. Let me read again from verse 4. But now, see, it, it, it's a progression thing. The Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And behold, I propose to build. That's Solomon's words. In other words, what do we get from this? I could have showed in so many places. Um, but it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I've got to let you out on time. So we'll just do a couple. But, <laughs> but he's, what is he saying? He's saying, from this place, from what place? 
from when you've reached a place of rest, from walking from a faith of walking with God, a faith that says, I know you're good for your promises and you don't mean for me to cross forever. You're bringing me into promise that you've planned, a place of rest. From that place, the place of rest is the place where we where we in the image of God begin to release the representation of God and say, behold, I propose to build. Do you notice that those are original commission words? To be fruitful, to increase things, to build things, to create, to subdue this place. He says, I propose to build. Propose to build what? It goes on and says, a house for the name of the Lord my God. You see, you got it? It's in, the pla- it's in the place of rest that God says, there I put my name. And it is the call on us to build a place for him to put that name into. I keep pointing out here like build a place. Build a place. <laughs> we are that place, but it's in a place of rest where we go, aha, I propose. Now, now I'm not in survival mode anymore, right? I'm in rest mode. So I can propose to build a place for the name of the Lord, a temple for the glory of the Lord to represent and accomplish in this place. Why are we diligent to enter rest? That's why. Because we're a bunch of fruitless goons (laughs) if we don't enter a place of rest. We can live our whole lives in a survival mode. And that's fine. He he delights in you. He loves you. And... uh, (laughs) And he will be faithful to have us crawl and survive along, but it's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to bring us into deep places of abiding rest. Why? Because this is where, this is where the imaginative creativity of God, the proposal to build, to accomplish things, to represent in this physical place. Sounds like a rap song, doesn't it? To represent. <laughs> this is where i i'm just learning i'm learning at the same pace you guys are if you're learning anything in this i didn't know anything about rest it's been a heck of a journey to learn like what's the big deal with rest this is the big deal rest releases your true self you are made to do things that are going to blow your own mind Why can I say that? You're made in the image of God. And you've been given dominion. The heavens are his. But everything within your realm of authority has been given to you to do things, to blow your own mind and to make, to to confirm him. Remember the mandate? We confirm him. How do you do that? You do mind-blowing things from a place of rest. You don't do that in survival mode. Okay, go to First Chronicles 22, and I'm just going to show you again. I'm going to show you that this next part is to show you that it's core to your identity. Okay, this message is not about, um, <laughs> in fact, what a par- how could this be? This message cannot be, you need to work hard enough to be diligent enough to enter the rest, <laughs> right? It's not about someone who knows how to do the th- how to do 
the things of rest. It's about who we are. Now, now look at this scripture with me. Did I give it to you already? Chronicles 22.6. It says, Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Now, you you could teach on this right here for like months. If you could see the shadows with me in it. First of all, Jesus is prophesied (laughs) in this scripture. But it's also a picture of you. Okay, we're talking about old man, new man stuff. David is here representing the old man. Okay, in other words, he's representing the man of war, the man who does not have rest, not fails to do the things of rest, but he's not a man of rest. Are you tracking? If you're not, just let me keep reading and and you'll get this. You'll get this here. Verse nine says, behold, a son shall be born to you. Do you know those words anywhere else in the word of God? (laughs) So this is a shadow of something who shall be a man of rest. It didn't say, behold, someone's going to be born to you who does all the things of rest or who works hard enough to keep himself in a place of rest. It says, he shall be a man of rest. You see, God is bringing us, as Christ is formed in us, he is bringing us to become a people who are, not who do rest, who are a people who rest in the greatness of God. So we give a place for his name. You got it? And it goes on and says, and I will give him rest from all his enemies around. Have you heard that already this morning? His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. Now let me read that again, and I'm going to skip the middle part. So you make this connection. It says, Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. He shall build a house for my name. Let that just be a word of prophecy over you. I don't have to have a great gift of prophecy to do that. It's just the word of God over you. Behold, he's rising a new man in you who's a man of rest. Not someone who labors to carry the presence of God through battles, wars, deserts, and rivers, but someone who finds themselves in in an established place because you've made the crossing. (laughs) Y'all are so quiet. Am I doing okay? Y'all doing okay? Are you liking this as much as me? Good, because I'm going to enjoy it whether you do or not. Okay, I'm going to do one more of these and we're going to move to the Lord's table here. Um, First Chronicles, actually the same chapter, isn't it? 22. Just move to verse 17. It says, David also commanded all of the leaders to help Solomon his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? You see, you can't make this up. How many times? Rest 
always precedes what? Creative thinking, the proposal to build, to be fruitful, to accomplish anything for the glory of the kingdom of God is always going to be built, built on rest. I'm not saying you wait for rest in every area of your life. I'm just saying any area of your life that is going to begin producing the creativity and the accomplishment of the kingdom is going to come from a place of rest. Why? It's going gonna, it's gonna to start on a God who is a God of rest, a God of free people, not a God of slaves. Okay, it goes on and says, For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued. Do you know that's the same word in the commission mandate? To subdue the earth? Here it says it's giving, it's giving a circumstance of this moment and the same Hebrew word is used and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Now listen, it says, therefore... Now I have to pause. I, I think one of my favorite words, is, as weird or goofy as it is in the word of God, is therefore. <laughs> because every time you see the word therefore, you're about to hear something powerful. It went on and on and on and gave all this explanation, set the stage, so to speak, and then it goes, therefore, and usually I'm like, listen up now, or that's the behold, behold, <laughs> right? That's what therefore is. What is the condition that sets up for this Therefore. Rest. <laughs> That's it. Rest and the subduing of enemies all around. Because of that, therefore, arise and build. Now listen to me. That, that's two different things. Arise is not just stand up out of your chair. Always in the word of God, this word arise is, um, is, the, is the rising of the true self. The new man, the, in, in the new covenant where we live today, is the spirit-filled man. Arise. Will the real you please stand up? <laughs> Did it sound like that? <laughs> so it's like, arise, Noah. Arise, Abraham. Arise, Gideon. Arise, Jacob. In all of those stories, it begins with this arise with, with what are you doing? That's not who you are. Arise, the one I actually made, the one who's got great divine accomplishments to do when I bring you into this place of rest and you make a sanctuary for me. But here, arise and build. Build what? The sanctuary of the Lord God. Okay? You know the call on your life? Whatever the call or callings on your life are, the first one is arise in this place of rest and build a sanctuary, a permanent dwelling in this area of my life. Now, believe me, we're going to do this some at a time. We're very complicated creatures. But he means for you to have places that have come into such a rest that you can arise and build a sanctuary for the Lord, a place that is a stronghold for his name, where accomplishment, where the, the authority of the name of Jesus begins to conquer this place from that place. That's called a promised land. <laughs> you have a promised land. 
Okay, but let me keep reading. It only gets better, and then, and then we'll move on to here. Um, and then it says, the, what are we building? The sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the holy articles of God. Now I'm going to keep reading. What, what's the whole purpose here? From a place of rest and only from that place does he say, I put my name there so we can build a sanctuary. What was the Ark of the Covenant? For the glory of God, the presence of God, his literal presence among them to accomplish divine things so the will of heaven would be done on the earth. And then what? And the holy articles. Now the reason I'm laboring this out here is because I want you to get there's an order here. Every time you're going to see it, I could show you a dozen more places, you're going to see rest is first. It's making it through a crossing to a deeper place of rest and then that's a place he can put his name. And then we build that sanctuary. Only then can you bring in the holy articles. You know what the holy articles are? Now now get this. Obviously, you'd have to build the temple. We're not talking about a building of stones. You're the living stones. But you'd have to build the temple first in that place of rest before you could bring any holy articles into it. And what were the holy articles in the temple? They were all... So we'd be talking about... um, the lampstand, the, the altar of incense, the table of the showbread, and, and the articles, okay? We could teach for months on that, and maybe we will. But for this morning, notice that these are all the relational intimacies that happen in the place of glory in the temple. But what you've got to get for this series is it is a place of rest that all of that progression begins to happen in. It's, it's from rest. He does not dwell in anxiety. He will meet you there. (laughs) He'll be delighted to meet you there because he loves you that much. But he does not dwell in the places of anxiety. He doesn't put his name on anxiety. He puts it on rest and faith, which results in obedience. Okay. I believe there's actual grace at this table. Are you with me? I don't think he told us to do this because there's nothing in it. He said, do this in remembrance of me because he planned to show up. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're showing up. Let me just pray over this and I'm going to lead us through something. Father, we ask a blessing on this meal and we come in humility knowing that we have been in your presence all morning. But we ask, Holy Spirit, that now your, your glory would be released in ways that, that you want to be released in this place, that we would have an experience of you, that you would reveal things and set us free to be deeper people of rest. We believe you for this. In the name of Jesus. Now, now listen to me for a minute. In, in Romans chapter 8, and I'm not going to go read it. I'm just Go, go read it. But I'm just going to tell you, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about the sons of God being revealed. That creation actually groans for the sons of God to be revealed. Now, why is that? (laughs) It's because the heavens are God's and he's given the earth to man. It's waiting for our representation of the courts of heaven and the authority of God to show up in this place. And what it says next in that chapter of Romans 
is, is that in the freedom of the sons of God, okay, the family of God, in our freedom, all of creation is going to get its freedom. In other words, you, you have callings, you have destinies, you have authorities to be released from a place of rest. Now, one of the things we've talked about this morning is that we can get used to the battle. We can settle in and, and think it's acceptable that our creativity is being shut down. Do you know, I don't think there, in fact, I'm absolutely certain, there is not a problem in this world that God doesn't plan to solve through himself in you. Did you catch it? He has all the solutions, and he's going to release it through the dominion that he puts in man, through the spirit-filled dominion. Every problem. He's releasing artists, builders, accomplishers. Accomplishers of what? I don't know. You have to... You have to talk to him and find out what you're supposed to be accomplishing. But it is his will that he's going to be releasing great accomplishment through you for the kingdom of God. So this is what I want to do. I believe, um, and this is really what the Lord showed, I try not to teach anything unless I get to a place that I feel like the Lord's saying, I, I want to I want to do this. I want to accomplish this in my people. I always try to make that my starting place. We don't need any more knowledge. We need the Holy Spirit of God in power to act for us. <laughs> okay? That's the whole reason we set up the knowledge. God, please act for us. And I believe that he's shown me that um, we, are, we are becoming a people where we're satisfied with a never-ending battle. Battles and struggles and crossings that are shutting down the things that are supposed to be released from us for the glory of God. Are, do you think I'm right? Okay, are we okay with that? Okay, listen, here's what I want to do. As we receive the Lord's table today, the first thing, um, and if you're comfortable with it, just close your eyes, and we're inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit to reveal things this morning. And the first one is, Holy Spirit, we are asking you to reveal something beautiful that you intended in us. A beautiful part of us that is your image, a part of your image that I have. That's okay. Maybe something you're already aware of. He may show you something you've never even seen or thought of before. Light on something new. Now here's what I want to tell you. He doesn't waste anything. Even when they multiplied the fishes and the loaves, there were leftovers, but he took up the leftovers. He doesn't waste anything. So whatever beautiful thing he just showed you, I promise you that this is a place for he, me he means for you to participate in divine accomplishment, in fruitfulness and increase. Now, hold that thing 
that he just showed you, that amazing part of you that he made in you for his name. And Holy Spirit, we ask you, what struggle or battle or hardship is, is keeping your beauty in this place in a cage? Hold that battle, hold that hardship or that crossing, that struggle, whatever it is that is keeping from the complete release of that calling, that destiny, that beautiful thing, is keeping it from the place of rest where it's fruitful. Hold that. You might have a picture of having that in your hands and lifting it out to him. And here's what we're going to do. Is it okay if I pray for you over that? In the authority of the name of Jesus, we just pray for release in those battles. Lord, I ask first off that in your people, these here that you delight in, that you'd be restoring their expectation in you. <laughs> I ask that you would create a great dissatisfaction over being in that battle. We're not okay with it anymore, Lord. And we are, we are stretching out in, in a deeper, in a new kind of faith that says, my God is a God of promise. Offer him that from your heart. And, and Lord, we're asking that you renew the expectation. In the name of Jesus, you are renewing continuous and living expectation that you're bringing us from the battle or the desert into promise. And we're, we're believing you for the promise, Lord. We're asking you to move in this place. We are believing that the end of the battle is near. And we're, we're just going to expect it every day. These people, in the name of Jesus, are going to expect the breakthrough from the place of battle to the place of rest so that your glory is released in the name of Jesus. And now in your own time, you can go ahead and partake. Just remember, it's not magical. <laughs> this isn't magical stuff. It has actual grace and power because he said to do it. <laughs> it's your obedience to partake that releases his ability and his grace in this. And Father, I pray one final thing over this body. I pray that we are moving into a season where our enemies are going to begin falling one by one. I'm, I'm asking in the authority of the name of Jesus that this is our day. Enemies are going to begin falling one by one until they're subdued all around, until we are a people that are in such great rest that we can't contain what you're doing from this body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen.